back to the Interwoven Podcast. This is a podcast we're doing with InterVarsity BC, just asking our friends, uh, students, InterVarsity staff, alumni, how they are engaging scripture these days. So I've invited my friend, Alan Chettle. Hello, Alan. Good morning. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Alan, Alan and I actually lived together. We did the InterVarsity internship in Vancouver, so we shared a room. We've smelled each other's smells. We've been in each other's spaces. <laughs> We've ate each other's foods. Alan is a great cook, I should note. Um, but yeah, Alan is working with InterVarsity over in Edmonton. He works with graduate students as a campus minister. So um, yeah, Alan also loves forging things. He loves board games. When he first popped on Zoom, about half his screen was taken over by the board games on his back wall. So yes. Those are a few things about Alan. Alan, is there anything else you want to say about yourself or what you do with InterVarsity? Um, I mean, there's many things I could say about myself. Uh, one of the things I love about work, my work with InterVarsity is working with grad students means I'm also working with faculty at the U of A. So I get to mm. gather Christian faculty, be praying for them, be supporting them. And I get to hear the ways that they're loving their students and trying to be faithful witnesses in the mm-hmm. academy. And so it's it's really sweet to have conversations with people who are in a different stage than maybe um, the assumed place of students. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well, Alan, I will invite you to, to just read out um, what passage you'll be sharing from today to start us off. Yeah. Um, so I'm reading from Habakkuk three and uh, yeah, I will be reading from verse 17 to 19 in Habakkuk chapter three. I'm reading from the NRSV version. So this reads, though the fig tree does not blossom and no fruit is on the vines. Though the produce of the olive fails and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and makes me tread upon the heights. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Alan, maybe you can start off just telling us, uh, yeah, I guess kind of some of the themes that are kind of standing out to you in that passage. What What is drawing your attention in there? Yeah, so um, maybe even some background could be helpful for those who haven't read Habakkuk. Yeah, so, please. Um, the book of Habakkuk starts with this prophet saying, there's all this injustice in the world, all this evil. God, why aren't you like, why are you silent and doing nothing? Mm. And you're letting just, you're letting Israel get away with murder, pretty much literally. (laughs) God's basic response is, don't worry, the Babylonians will, you know, come and thwack them for me. To which Habakkuk says, what the actual flip, they're even worse. Here's how terrible they are. Here's how they worship themselves. And kind of ends with, ends the second complaint saying, God. You have to have an answer because this just isn't okay. This isn't who you are. And God's response is to show Habakkuk that each way that this cycle of injustice is hurting people, 
can either mm. choose in to this injustice and be on top for a bit, go to the bottom, or you can choose to trust God. And that the end goal, the end place is the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And that actually people acknowledge God is reigning in his holy temple and there's nothing the earth can say. So that gets you to chapter two. And chapter three is Habakkuk basically saying, right, God, you're God. I'm going to remember all of who you are. And he, it starts with him saying, like, I've heard of your fame. I've heard the tales of your renown. And just starts telling stories in a really beautiful poetic way of who God is and what he's about. Mm. And then this part in, at the end of chapter three, I, I see a Habakkuk who said, here's all the ways that you come and save us. And then there's the though, the kind of the though the fig tree does not blossom and it goes on. There's six places where it's this thing that doesn't produce that we expect to produce. Mm. And it seems like Habakkuk is saying in each place where we expected fruit and prosperity and salvation, it's not happening. Mm. Yet I'm going to choose trust and hope. Kind of stubbornly in the face of unyielding, unrelenting pain and suffering. I mean, you're seeing fig trees and vines not producing. And I think that is also a reference to, you know, what if the Messiah never comes? What it looks like the Messiah could never come and rescue us. I'm still mm. going to trust in God. Mm. You know, it, if it looks like there is no rescue that could ever come, come, God, you're good for it. I know that you are going to rescue me. And... I don't see him saying like, it's fine. God's got it. He's like, no, this will be hard, but I choose trust. Mm. This yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He's, I mean, those, that language is reminiscent of Exodus. I'm seeing, using names of God, they say like salvation. The Lord saves. Mm. The Lord is powerful and mighty is intimate with his people and i think that's a powerful thing to read at any point i think mm. especially in the midst of covid when a lot of us are going you know what these lockdowns suck like people dying really sucks friends mm. and family who are hurting and in pain it's hard we are in a really rough time and i see habakkuk's call to faith not a happy go lucky everything's fine but almost through tears grinning his teeth and saying i'm going to choose trusting god mm. um and the last thing he says that he makes my feet like the feet of a deer and makes me tread upon the heights one of the things that i think he's saying there is in the place where it's like i can go places where i shouldn't go and the heights was often a place where you go to meet god i mean moses goes up on the mountain to meet god abraham to mount moriah the idea of the heights being the place you worship God really makes sense when you think God is above me in the heavens. And I think Habakkuk is saying God is the one who enables me to go to worship and in fact lead people in worship mm. because he strengthens me. Mm. And lead people in worship when it doesn't make sense, when it actually is hard and acknowledging that pain. Um, and in fact, the entirety of chapter three is supposed to be a worship song. It's supposed to be leading the choirs of Israel to worship God, to recall who he is and let that drive them to trust. Hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. 
Yeah, I like how you, I mean, the way you, as I was listening, kind of one of the things I heard is you're talking about Habakkuk choosing trust in the midst of this, but you also kind of talked about God being the one who enables that mindset and that uh, capacity to happen. So, yeah, I guess I'm curious, like in your own life, like how have you experienced that, that dance between like your own choosing into hope in the midst of these circumstances and yet God being the one that is actually enabling you to, to walk on those heights, to, to be with him kind of thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And I mean, one of the ways I feel that God's invited me into that is uh, when I got married back in December in Alberta, it was basically like that was the peak of cases going. It was the peak of our lockdown, like mm-hmm. no outdoor gatherings, no indoor gatherings, maximum 10 people at a wedding. And yet, as as my wife and I entered into marriage, it's, it's this thing of actually we're choosing hope. We're, we are choosing to do this thing that is about mission is about coming together for the sake of the kingdom and inviting others into that. Uh, that's one way uh, we felt really challenged to choose hope. And in fact, the last, the last thing we studied before we got married was um, Habakkuk three kind of just before the part I read. And the first thing we studied together on our honeymoon was actually the part I just read. So it was this invitation to, are you going to choose hope? Mm. Um, but knowing that, it's God's strength that allows us to go there because I, in and of myself, I can't muster up. I have hope and trust because I am strong. No, the only way I can go there is remembering who God is. Read, you know, there, there are some pass- the passages in the previous bit of Habakkuk 3 where he, he talks about God coming in power and, you know, lightning flashed forth from his hand where his power lay hidden. And I remember seeing a lightning kind of thunderstorm recently and thinking, if that's God like keeping it cool on the DL, that's insane power. And I think the way Habakkuk goes about choosing trust in the midst of an evil Israel and, and rampaging Babylon is he just looks at God and focuses on him. So, I mean, for me, that that looks like the, the disciplines that kind of aren't glamorous but are needed like it's spending time in prayer it's spending time in scripture it's spending time going outside walking in creation and listening to what god is saying making space for him to speak to me for me him to speak to me and my wife together because if he's just speaking to me that's actually not okay we you know that and that means maybe i go for a walk and my wife is home reading and being in scripture or the reverse because giving each other space to be individual with God is, is so necessary. I think there's, you know, the disciplines of fasting, the disciplines of celebration, like there's, it's not a easy one size fits all flick a switch. You're good. It's actually just choosing, it's choosing the discipline, choosing to trust in God and make space to be with him and look at him, be transformed by him. Because as I as I see Habakkuk doing and I see other people in scripture doing, you fill your gaze with the person of God, especially the person of Jesus. And just everything becomes less important that isn't Jesus. Yeah. I mean, there's that beautiful song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wondrous face, and the things of earth will go strangely dim. 
right. in the light of his glory and grace. And that's just mm-hmm. true. Yeah. The more and more I fill my screen with Jesus, actually things get sorted out in the right place. Mm-hmm. And so I, the way I choose trust is there's no like easy, simple solution. It's, it's choosing the disciplines. It's being willing to be challenged by people around and saying like, Hey, how are you doing that thing that you said was hard that you're wrestling with? Mm-hmm. It's spending time with God and like prioritizing him, which are the things that we know to be good, but actually are transformative, not because in and of themselves they're powerful, but because they make right. space for me to meet my creator. Right. Yeah. 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 Thanks. I feel like I, I hear kind of as you're sharing, even just like about the disciplines and God being the one who does the work, or even the song you shared, like turning your eyes upon Jesus, like kind of this like real intentionality of choosing into those things, but also the humility to really acknowledge that. Yeah. At the end of the day, like it's, you turn your eyes towards Jesus. There's that intentionality, but it is the person of Jesus who really makes all the other things really dim in the light of his glory and grace. Like, yeah, I think that's good. Well, Alan, what would be an invitation that you would have for us out of, um, yeah, these beautiful few verses in the book of Habakkuk? (laughs) I mean, one, one invitation I would say is like, to order our lives and then look through like what are the list all the ways that that life and ministry seems hard so for Habakkuk it was Hmm. here's the various places where I can't see fruit where things just aren't happening yeah and kind of go through what he says though this and this and this and this and this and name them before God can I name them honestly yeah and choose to say yes I will rejoice in the Lord Hmm. and be willing to do that through like a flood of tears. Hmm. I am very deeply convinced that the prophets were not these stone faced men and women. They are deeply emotional. They allow their emotions to come through. And Mm -hmm. I imagine Habakkuk saying this, writing this, processing it, weeping, lamenting Hmm. and choosing into trust, choosing to say these words, to kind of say, hey, soul, trust in God. So I, that's, I think, one simple way. Yeah. And I've listed all the ways that life and ministry shouldn't be going, like shouldn't work, or the, all the things that are in the way. Acknowledge them, and yet, and then turn to God and say, yet I choose to trust in you. I choose to remember who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think in that remembering, that's, that's telling the stories of what God has done. Yeah, I mean, Habakkuk does the like, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your renown. And then they just list, here's all the ways you've been active and powerful. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's the invitation I would give to listeners is list out all the ways that life, life is hard and be really honest about that. Yeah. And then tell yourself, this is what God has done. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make the life any less hard. It just says who God really is. Yeah. And, and ask him to meet you in the midst of the place where it's hard or like the one thing you maybe you can't even say though this thing, cause it's too painful. It's too, it's too raw. It's too vulnerable. Yeah. Bring that to God. Be really honest and like bear your soul to the one who loves you mm-hmm. and will meet you in the tears with tears of his own because you're in pain. Mm. Yeah. It's good. 
Mm, thanks, Alan. I appreciate that invitation for, for us. Um, yeah, would you be able to offer up a quick prayer? Just, yeah, uh, I think a blessing to be able to be honest with God and um, to experience that humility of God allowing us to, to have that ability to praise him, the grace to do that. Yeah, I'd be honored to. Oh, Lord, our God, we have heard of your deeds. We know who you are. We know what you have done. And Jesus, in this time of pandemic, in this time of harness and suffering, revive those deeds in our minds. Remind us again and again who, we, who you truly are. Lord, it is hard to hold on to hope. Hope is frail and really easy to kill. And yet a hope that is based on your person, on your character, on your deeds, that is a hope that can endure unimaginable pain. So Lord, as I pray for uh, any listening, as I pray for Derek, Lord, I pray that for myself. Would you strengthen us to name before you all the, all the things that are hard, all the things that are grievous and draw us to lament? And Lord, in the end, would we say, though all these things have gone wrong, though all these things don't work, yet we will rejoice in the Lord. We will exult in the God of our salvation. God the Lord is our strength. He makes our feet like the feet of deer and makes us tread upon the heights. Jesus, thank you that you're the one who transforms us. You're the one who strengthens us. And you're the one, Jesus, who gets the glory when broken humans are able to worship you honestly, openly, with raw passion. And so, Jesus, I lift up the, the students, the staff in British Columbia, all across Canada, actually all across the world, Jesus. Your people who are in so many different kinds of suffering and pain, would you come alongside us to show us what worship looks like to choose hope in the midst of a hard time. And I ask this, Jesus, in your mighty, glorious, wonderful, and beautiful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate you joining us and sharing some of your heart. So, peace be with you. Thank you, interwoven listeners. Peace be with you guys as well. See you later.